Welcome to the Strategic Investor. Join us as we interview some of the world's most productive asset managers and uncover sophisticated and unique investment strategies in the markets. Here is your host, Charlie Wright. Hello and welcome to Strategic Investor Radio and OC Talk Radio, where we bring you investment strategies you're not hearing elsewhere. I'm Charlie Wright. We'd like to welcome as our guest today, Drew Bradford with Blind Squirrel Entertainment, a developer of video games. Drew, welcome to Strategic Investor Radio. Hey, thanks for having me, Charlie. So, Drew, well, Blind Squirrel Entertainment, you'll have to tell us how you came up with that name. You guys develop video games, but really what we're talking about is a venture fund that you guys are creating to take advantage of your core um, core competencies uh, where others probably don't have core competencies in those area areas so first of all blind squirrel entertainment absolutely yeah uh, so we're a seven-year-old company we've been around since 2010 and uh, I can have Brad the uh, the owner tell you the story about how he came up with blind squirrel but it does come down to even a blind squirrel finds a nut sometimes okay um, we typically have worked on very very large projects triple a projects is is what it's known in the industry uh, last year uh, some of your listeners or maybe their kids have heard of the uh, Bioshock franchise we released Bioshock complete. Uh, we did a game uh, called Trove, which is kind of a Minecraft-esque. That's another very popular game. We took that to consoles and put it on PlayStation 4. We had uh, a big hand in helping the Mafia 3 team deliver their product very recently. It was very successful. And we have worked on and continue to work on the X2, XCOM 2 project. Uh, Previously in our history, we've worked with Disney uh, a lot. We've done the in, in Infinity franchise. We've helped out on that franchise. And then some of the smaller games that maybe are, are not as uh, popular but uh, very well known within the industry is the Evolve, the Sunset Overdrive, and, and the Borderlands franchise. So, so what are your core competencies that you're looking to build upon with a venture fund? Right. So it, it was... About a year and a half, year ago, we sat down and we decided, you know, what are we going to do in the future? What's our strategy moving forward? And and the idea was to grow out of just uh, pure game development or work for hire. And we're, we're now setting up uh, original IP teams that we have internally. We're doing two projects, but I'm in charge of raising funds for a venture fund. And we identified a couple of our core competencies, one of, one of which is, it sounds simple, but uh, shipping games. It's delivering games to market, making them, uh, to getting them to the point where they can be played and sold. Uh, it's sort of like that last 20% is the 50% of the work, right? <laughs> it's, it's not easy to get games out. So we're very, very good at that. As well as internally, we can manage multiple projects. We've got five, six, seven projects going on at any given time, anywhere from 50 to 60 people all the way down to one or two people. And uh, that's it takes a tremendous amount of effort to make sure that all of the resources are focused on the right areas at the right time. So, uh, Drew, could, could we say that you guys are raising funds from investors, and you're doing that through Regulation D, I presume? Uh, so, yeah, we're using uh, a venture fund uh, that is uh, focused on only accredited investors. We're only looking for accredited investors. Um, and, yes, it's, it's, it's leveraging our expertise in delivering games, the idea being we're going to take the investments from the, the fund, invest, in, make equity investments in other game companies uh, so that they can then 
build their production pipelines, build their their games, and then uh, you know there's a number of ways that we can exit at the end of the day. And so you're looking to raise funds from accredited investors, take those funds, and invest in ten to twenty uh, different uh, game companies. Exactly. We've identified that. Uh, so we're raising fifty million dollars. It's uh, we're able to we don't want to overextend ourselves like we've had people come to us and say hey you know we could uh, participate if you were raising 150 million dollars and we said well that's great you know maybe for the next fund but right now we don't want to overextend we we feel like we can make 10 to 20 good investments and we're an active investor so we're going to go to these companies we're going to be very hands-on we're going to make sure that they have the best chance of success over the long term this is not a, a one-stop you know we're trying to get one product out there and hit the the home run we're trying to build companies that know how to hit singles and doubles and we feel like there's a lot more value in that than trying to get that pokemon go or the the big you know hit that's gonna that's gonna rock the video game world so you guys are taking the funds that you raise from these accredited investors you're creating a venture fund and then you're going out and investing into with an equity position 10 to 20 different companies that are selected by you guys and you're taking this equity position and so you're acting somewhat as an incubator or an accelerator in their business because you have core competencies competencies and expertise that they probably don't have because they are designers. They're software designers. That's what they get excited about. But bringing it to market, like you say, the last 10 yards are the toughest. Uh, They may not be very good at those things. So you come in not only with some money, but you come in with the expertise, uh, more, more than a consultant because you own a portion of the company and you work with them to ship or bring to market what it is that they are creating or would like to create so that's basically the model that's basically the model yes we're we're tied to their success so we want to make sure and and i've never worked at a company uh, i've I've been in games uh, 15 years now i've never worked at a company that didn't need more engineering help or they didn't need a better way to do this or to do that so we feel like we can bring and fill those gaps whatever it may be we may find a, a team that's got great ideas they've got a great designer they've got great engineering but they don't know how to create all the art or they don't know how to create a a project pipeline in order to deliver the quantity of assets that they need so we can provide that or on the converse side you know if they need somebody that can that needs to uh, design the game from a very technical standpoint like a scripter or they need engineers to do their user interface we can provide that as well so it's it's a full service we can fill any gap that any team we find has drew this is very interesting stuff we need to take a brief uh, break and uh, we'll be right back after that. And uh, when we come back, let's talk about what you see as the benefits and reasons why you recommend this investment to family, friends, anybody you know, and certainly to those people considering the, this kind of investment here. Again, we're talking with Drew Bradford of Blind Squirrel Entertainment. You're listening to Strategic Investor Radio on OC Talk Radio. And we'll be right back. According to the consulting firm Strategic Capital Allocation Group, every decade since 1900 has experienced at least one bear market, and several have experienced as many as three. 
So how do we protect our principal from these declines without missing the gains when prices rise? At Strategic Investor Radio, we interview asset managers with unique strategies designed to both protect and grow your investments. Investing is not rocket science. It's rocket fuel if you know how to harness it. For podcasts of our interviews, please visit us at strategicinvestorradio.com. All right, back to Charlie and his guest. Thank you, Paul. Again, having a very interesting conversation with Drew Bradford of Blind Squirrel Entertainment, a developer of video games, but who is now creating a venture fund to raise funds from accredited investors and going out and acting and, and, uh, in a private equity kind of arrangement with an equity position, investing in 10 to 20 different companies, bringing to them the incubator and accelerator skills that Blind Squirrel Entertainment has developed over the years in helping them to bring things to market uh, through an equity position for the investors. So a couple of questions before we get to uh, why somebody would invest uh, in this here, Drew. Uh, This uh, venture capital uh, investment is illiquid, correct? Very much so, yeah. And most venture capital funds uh, run anywhere between seven and ten years of illiquidity, and that's that's our goal as well. Is is it, this is not the quick turnaround buy sell? This is a growth fund. So we're uh, our target is to find these ten to twenty companies that we can really put the time and effort in, and it doesn't happen overnight. So. Uh, I can go into the details about how the cycle works for game projects, but really, let's just uh, say that it, it takes six to seven years to really determine, you know, to really grow these these companies to a point where there is some sort of an exit strategy. Some are going to be faster, and some are going to take a little bit longer. But uh, we've identified seven years as our target, with three potential one-year extensions. It's all up to the LPs, you know, the GP as as. Us, we'll work with our, our investors and our LPs to determine what the best course of the fund is. So, Drew, uh, who are your investors? Who are our investors? We're looking at a, a lot of different, of course, we'll talk to any accredited investor <laughs> that wants to talk to us. But uh, right now we're targeting uh, fund of funds and anyone who's interested in alternative markets, just like you know, a lot of guests on your show are in, that, in those markets. Um, people that are looking for uh, some allocation in venture funding, or people that, you know, we run the gambit of technology, entertainment. Um, there's a lot of different ways that people can uh, determine that this is part of their allocation. Now, that doesn't mean that we're only going after fund of funds, but we feel like getting one of those in early would help to generate the buzz, generate the, uh, the rest of the interest from, say, family offices or high net worths who want to participate as well. Okay, and so you're definitely focused on both institutional and retail investors. Absolutely, and it, it is kind of a it's a sexy industry, right? It's fun, it's interesting. Uh, people either are gamers or they have kids that are gamers, and uh, it, it's something that you know you can talk to to your friends about, oh, I've got this investment in video games, and it's this new venture fund, and they're building these really successful studios. So it's it's something fun that you can talk about with your investor buddies. It's not just, we're buying gold and bonds, you know. <laughs> so uh, tell us, uh, Drew, we've all heard the stories of the uh, 
multiples of returns that uh, other games have experienced. But it's like anything in the entertainment business. It's a few athletes that make a ton of money, and the vast majority are in the minor leagues and don't make any. And it's uh, a few of the investments that return significantly high in uh, in, in the kinds of areas that uh, that you're talking about. So uh, what are you guys looking to do? You're not looking for the home runs, and we all understand that it's not typically the initial venture that becomes so popular and, and is so profitable, but it's that second, third, and fourth effort at doing that. So what are you guys really looking to do? Right. So, yeah, you can go through the history of games, and it's never the first game that a company comes out with that is the thing that may, puts them on the map. And it, you can... Uh, look at any industry, and that's a similar uh, similar uh, thing. So, w- what we're looking to do is again, we're we're the companies that we're investing in. We're providing them the tools and the structure in order to develop a good company culture, in order to build a great team, in in order to create a system that can then generate a, a good game or a good product. Um, the first one, you know, if it doesn't do well, if it doesn't even break even, that doesn't mean we're just going to cut bait unless the team or the company that we're uh, working with just doesn't want to continue, right? If they're passionate about it, and that's one of the things about this industry is it's full of very, very passionate people. If we pair the passion with the right process and the right structure and the right resources, we feel like we, if we can harness that, will generate enough success to be you know, to make our LPs very happy. Uh, you know, Drew, the color of my hair indicates that uh, I, I, I grew up uh, in formed habits long before the game industry come along, came along. I have children, and I especially have grandchildren who are very interested in these things. For people like me who are not very conversant in the games industry, uh, tell us about the future expectations for the game, game industry. Do you see tremendous growth or significant growth, or what do you see? There's a couple of things. I'm, I'm not going to say it's it's going to double. Uh, we've seen fairly consistent growth, which is what you want to see in an industry. It's not volatile, and it's not it's it's not purely recession proof. But it actually we've seen a flat or uptick in sales during downturns in the economy, in that when people are out of work or they don't have a lot of extra money to spend, they spend more on the value proposition of a game at. 20, 30, even 50 or $60 with hundreds of hours of uh, replayability is a lot better value than, say, going to see a movie or you know, paying for cable television. So we feel like the, the value proposition, and, and it's shown you know, throughout the ages that the industry is, is very good um, during a downturn. And there's a lot of other <laughs> reasons to, to be interested typical bite size that we're going after that we see as the future of games uh, we've seen this exponential growth of uh, the cost of creating a project so we used to see 10 million dollars now 100 million dollars some projects are in the five even 600 million dollars seriously so that is unsustainable right no one's going to bet on a one billion dollar game or somebody may but uh, it's a big bet um we see uh, it's it's fracturing. It's becoming smaller. It's going back down to the million to five million dollar range, and that's really what we're targeting: is these games that don't have to sell ten million units to break even. They're selling hundreds of thousands of units to 
really passionate, hardcore uh, people in that genre or that area. So it's it's not about making the one big game that sells to everybody. It's about owning these smaller games that just sell to the people that are interested in in your genre or your type of game. So, Drew, what do you see as the primary reasons why you recommend uh, investing in this venture fund? I I go back to passion, right? Um, A lot of investors look at... uh, the bottom line, right? Does it make sense financially? You know, if, if I put this much in, am I going to get what I'm looking for out? And we have that as well. But after you get past that stage, then you're looking at what's the team? What's the industry? What? Why should I be a part of this? And for us, it's it's really about the people. And these the people that I work with and the people that are in our industry uh, would be doing this whether they got paid or not. And to me, that's the right kind of people to be around. The passion, the creativity, they, they really care about what they're doing. They take a lot of pride in, in their, their work. And it, it really it makes it very, very easy to, um, in our position, guide that to success. Because they're going to be doing this night and day, 24 hours a day. Whether we're financing them or providing the, the feedback or the, the guidance, it, they're going to be doing it whether we're there or not. So it's it makes our job a little bit easier. Not to say that it makes our job easy, but it's just easier. Okay, so Drew, a question we'd like to ask all of our guests. What keeps you awake at night? Well, uh, the flippant answer is uh, I'm either gaming or making games. But uh, uh, the, the serious answer when you're asking, like, what's scary to me or what is my biggest priority right now, it's... It's fundraising and you know, talking to people like you and, and meeting people uh, at different trade shows. It's been very interesting and fun and exciting because it's, it's very different than what my, my background is. I'm, I build games. I make games. Uh, it, it's something that I'm excited about, but I would much rather be done with the fundraising and back to uh, building companies and, and implementing the systems and procedures that are going to make them successful. And second question we'd like to ask all of our guests, uh, Drew, what book on investing would you recommend to our listeners? I am not even going to pretend to be better at investing than a lot of your listeners, but uh, the focus that I have is on building great teams. So a lot of the books that I read are stuff like Jim Collins is written with Good to Great, uh, Great by Choice, um, Built to Last. Uh, I also uh, encourage any entrepreneur, especially in the games business, to to read uh, things like Lean Thinking or The Goal and help to really focus on what are the priorities that that we need to focus on at this moment. Um, So it's, for me, it's about building great teams rather than making the right pick stock pick you know hey well we appreciate that and that that, that is a subject or a focus that uh, others have not been focused on uh, in recommending a book so we appreciate that that variety here uh, provide your website and contact information for those who would like to know more here drew absolutely thanks for asking uh, anybody can go to blindsquirrelentertainment.com and there's a lot of information a lot more background than i provided here and you can reach me at simply drew at blindsquirrelgames.com. That's D-R-E-W at blindsquirrelgames.com. Okay, thank you. And final words for our listeners, Drew. To me, it goes back to, I reiterate this over and over, this is a passionate industry. So anybody that's looking for not just a bottom line return, but they want to work with people that really care about what they do, and not to say that anybody else doesn't, but 
the people that we work with, the teams that we're investing in and supporting are extremely passionate people. And I, I think that it would warm your heart to be a part of this, uh, this fund. Okay. Thank you very much. Well, we appreciate you coming in today. Thank you, Charlie. So, again, we've been talking with Drew Bradford of Blind Squirrel Entertainment here in the studio. You've been listening to Strategic Investor Radio on OC Talk Radio. We'd love to hear from you at info at strategicinvestorradio.com and go to our website to hear podcasts of all of our interviews and shows, strategicinvestorradio.com. I'm Charlie Wright wishing all of you an enjoyable week and productive investing. Strategic Investor Radio is a production of OC Talk Radio and is provided for educational purposes only. Content of this program and the views of the guests should not be considered as recommendations by OC Talk Radio or investment advice from the host, Charlie Wright, or any other entity attached to this production. Investors should always consult qualified financial, investment, tax, or legal professionals prior to investing. 